We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Uh, the religious order priests, this is a distinction a lot of people don't get, including many Catholics. There are two, there are two categories of priests, diocesan priests, which we are here, and, and members of religious orders who belong to, let's say, Franciscans or Jesuits or Dominicans. And those priests do not come ultimately under my authority. Uh, they come under the authority of their, what's called their provincial superior. And so I feel strongly that these matters belong under the religious order superiors. And so what happens when an allegation comes in on a religious order priest is we treat the beginnings of that in exactly the same way as one of our own diocesan men. And uh, we look into it. We immediately offer the person who's making the allegation outreach, pastoral outreach, counseling, etc. And then when we get information about that case, all of it goes, all of it, the file goes to the religious order. It's called the provincial. He's the head guy for them. The provincial superior for a religious order priest is like I am to the diocesan priest. All the authority is there. So that's why they're not on the list. In any other circumstance, would you have the authority to remove an order priest from practice? Well, I can take them, I would take them off the job. But what their ultimate you know, fate is with these kinds of things is up to their own religious superior. And I must say, in my experience here, we, I, I've had a very good working relationship with those, with those men, those superiors, when those matters have come up a few times. There's been discussion, uh, there's satisfaction that the names were released but not the file. Uh, is that going to be the next thing? No, that it will not. We never release any personnel files for any reason. Why is that? Because those are confidential files um, that pertain to the life and ministry of an individual, and uh, it's no one's business. Why would you release, why would you not release the number of potential victims in this case? Because we don't, I tell you the truth, we don't have that, we're still working on that. I'm not, I am not at all opposed to releasing the number of the victims. It's just we have to be very, very careful. All the, the reason why these things take time is I have a responsibility to do this work meticulously. Do you know? And make sure the information we give is not incorrect. We owe that to the victims. And we owe that to the alleged abusers that we get that, that down well. We've been working on these cases and these files for months and months. And what uh, got that started was that probably almost a year ago now, when the downstate dioceses put in place the Independent Reconciliation and Compensation Program, you've heard about that, that offers uh, compensation and all to people who have had past abuse. Uh, that got us anew into all of the files and we have to do that very very carefully and uh, so that's why some things take time but I'm not I'm not averse to releasing the number of victims when I find out specifically what it is. Can you talk about your trip to Albany and and, and what the reason for that was? Oh, I'm happy to uh, just about every year we didn't do it last year every day every year all of the New York bishops as you know we have eight Roman Catholic dioceses in New York State and all of the bishops convene in Albany 
for what we call Public Policy Day. And uh, we sometimes we meet with the governor or the uh, head of the Senate or the speaker, all these kinds of things. And um, yesterday we did the same thing. I was scheduled by the New York State Catholic Conference to meet with about five or six of our local legislators. And we always have a roster of topics. Yesterday uh, we talked about abortion expansion. We're already one of the top abortion states in the country. Now the governor wants to extend it even further, right up to the time of birth. It's outrageous. So that was a priority for me and for us. We talked about mandated services that are owed to our Catholic schools. Um, we talked about the Fidelis Insurance Program, all kinds of things. I know what you're asking is, what about the Child Victims Act? Did we talk about that? Yes. Media, who unfortunately, and I heard it myself on the radio, said that I was there to lobby against it, were not telling the truth. The Child Victims Act was on the list of issues. The, the New York bishops and I support a thousand percent a Child Victims Act that's the right one, that extends the time limit during which victims have to come forward, uh, uh, civilly and criminally. We th think that should be ex extended, but we're opposed to the look-back legislation. Uh, for reasons of jurisprudence. The Supreme Court has actually said that statutes of limitations promote justice. Now, what do you do if, an, if a, someone who's been dead 70 years has an allegation against him? How does that person defend himself? So, there are lots of reasons for that. So we're opposed to the look back. We are very supportive of a Child's Victims Act that would give victims more time when they, that they can come forward uh, to present their, their cases. Is there a different look back that you would agree to? Well, we have to see, we, have to, we don't want any look back. Uh, we just think it's a, a, a bad, bad way to go, and uh, for, for a number of reasons. Um, and also, it could be very harmful, not just to the church, but other institutions, very harmful uh, to the work of the church we're trying to do. So we're opposed to the look back, but for the look forward, very, very supportive. That but that was not the reason I was there. That list of 42 names includes priests accused since 1950, but it doesn't include the date they were accused. And I think a lot of people are curious, when were these priests accused and what bishop was in charge during that time of accusation? Is that something that you feel the public deserves well, to know? We're, we're noting, believe me, we're noting all of these concerns like that one that are emerging now in the aftermath of the release of the names. The first thing we wanted to do was to get the names out. It was the right thing to do, I believe that. Am I getting some pushback on it? I am, from some quarters. Most people seem to be supportive of it. But it would take more time to get some of these, this other information organized and carefully organized and out there. So we're, believe me, we're, not, we're jotting down everything you folks and others ask us uh, so we can give them some consideration. Why did you feel it was the right thing to do? To well, this? because you know what? I, I think that when we have people in our case, it's, it's priests who have either admitted to have abused a minor or for whom we have evidence that, in fact, that did take place. Um, it seems to me that that has to come out of the darkness into the light. Uh, the practice long ago was, I think, the way it was in many, in many families. You know, something bad was going on in the family. They would try to deal with it within the family and not want to hang out the dirty laundry, so to speak. Now, when I say dirty laundry, I'm not referring to human beings, even abusers. I'm talking about these terrible things that happened. You know what I mean? It's a natural 
thing to want to just let, let it go away. Those men were always removed from ministry. If there was what we call a semblance of truth in it, careful investigation, uh, they would not be allowed to uh, function any longer as a priest of the diocese or present themselves as a priest. Uh, but sometimes in decades past, it, it is not the way today, and it would not be the way I would ever do it. Uh, they would then be allowed never to function again, but to kind of, we would, we would retire them, or they would go on an extended medical leave. And a lot of them were on medical leaves because they had to be sent for evaluation at various institutes that do that work for us, you know. So, uh, but that was, that was the way of the past. Now we follow strictly what's called a zero-tolerance policy. In all of the United States bishops, we have 197 Catholic dioceses in this country. All of us have pledged ourselves through something called the Charter for the Protection of Children and Young People. And there are norms that go with that to do things right. And uh, it all, so it all flows from that. Now, John Paul II, St. John Paul, had said, there is no place in the church's ministry for anyone who would abuse the young. And I believe that a thousand percent, and that is the principle we operate on now. Sadly, that was not always the operating principle in years past. But my job is to bring things right now out of the darkness into the light, primarily so that we can offer healing, justice and mercy to victims and uh, in, the, in the process heal the church because something like this obviously mars the integrity of the church which otherwise goes about every single day great, great things. We, we have 601,000 Catholics in the Diocese of Buffalo in these counties. You know, and there are good things going on every single day and right now all of that of course is off the radar because we're focused on understandably with anger and everything and disappointment were focused on this terrible crisis. Can you comment on the way priests move from parish to parish, regardless of whether they've been accused of anything? Is it common for a priest to serve in, say, 10 different parishes in his career? Oh, sure. Regardless. Oh, yeah. We just spoke to a former priest who said, no, that's, that's not the case. Oh, yeah. It's very, it's very common. It's, and there were lots of reasons for it. I just, I just yesterday met with a priest who went over his, no, no troubles with this priest, but he was getting ready for retirement, and when that's happening, I, I kind of take them for a trip down memory lane, and I get them to talk about their assignments. And there was one assignment where he was there only two years. So I said, what happened, Father? He said, the pastor and I just didn't get along, and I asked for a change of assignment. So often something as simple as that. Okay. Um, or there, up in Maine, I had a priest who um, uh, wanted to change assignment. He had always worked in the city. I tried country parish. He said, Bishop, honestly, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, be depressed if I work. And I want to be in the city. You know, so there were, there were things like that that have nothing to do with any problems with the priest. So There's ten different parishes, that would not be an anomaly for any no, priest. not really. No, depending on the age of the priest. Normally, how it works is newly ordained priests, we try to have in two, three-year assignments. Okay? Two, three-year assignments. And then they'll be available for longer appointments, maybe even as a pastor. We like them to have different experiences. So that's a very, very normal. Years ago in this diocese, they, always, they had a whole program in which a newly ordained priest would spend only one year in a parish, usually out in the, in the boonies, um, a missionary experience. And then they would start to get regular appointments. How do you deal with it as more and more people start to come out? 
as accusers at this we, point? Oh, we'll, we'll continue to respond as we always have. Um, we, have a, we have a whole setup by which we welcome that person's intervention, that person's call. Um, we refer them to a woman named Jacqueline Joy, who works full-time for Catholic Charities, and she's our, she, it's a confidential hotline number, but she's, she's the intake person who will listen to them compassionately and offer them the kind of help, immediate help they might need for support, and then we move, we move from there into an investigation of all of that. And I say it again, and I mean it sincerely, if there are still victims out there who have not come forward, we ask you to come forward, first of all, to law enforcement, and also, if you were offended by a Catholic minister, a priest, a deacon, a layperson even, uh, come forward. We want to help you. Bishop, as a follow-up to Jen's question yeah, earlier, uh, if you see a bishop that's, or I'm sorry, if you see a priest that's moving from church to church to church every year or so, does that raise any red flags? Oh, it would. I mean, if it's year to year to year, then there's a, there's a red flag there. Okay, and just yeah. uh, as a follow-up to what you were talking about with the Child Victims Act. But I'm going to be honest with you, I don't see much of that. It's, it's unusual to have a guy move every year. If you look at that kind of a record, you say, yeah, there's something here that was not perhaps paid attention to and should have been. Just as a follow-up to the Child Victims Act that you're talking about, you don't want to have the look back, but what do you say to the people who were abused by uh, priests in the 1970s who want some form of justice? What do you say to them? We, we say to them, we still would encourage you to come forward to us, and we're going to continue to do all we can with outreach and with uh, you know, a pastoral care for them. And we've, had, we've had people come to us uh, before we announced the, this new independent reconciliation compensation thing who've come to us, uh, and one fellow said he just wanted to get, he wanted to report the abuse. He said, I'm not looking for anything more than to get back on my feet. And he said, could you ever, uh, you'd never know who this guy is, so I'm not breaking confidentiality. What he wanted was a pickup truck. Would the diocese buy us a pickup truck so I can get back to my trade? And we said, absolutely. And, and we talked to him, he said, that's all, that's all I'm looking for, to get back on his feet. And that's what we want to do. We want to help people get back on their feet and move forward. So how much of a concern then is that civil suits that would come forward, how much would that, I guess, hurt the, the, the churches locally? If there were a look back uh, yes. law put in, uh, oh, it, could, it, could be, it could devastate the work of the church. It could devastate the work of Catholic Charities uh, and the many, many ministries that we offer in the, in the diocese. Keep in mind, Catholic Charities just last year alone helped over 150,000 people, including victims of sexual abuse who come to Catholic Charities looking for help. So that, that could be the problem. I, I actually do have to. I have a whole afternoon. See, my, the thing with me is the whole rest of my work with a big diocese of 600,000 people it continues on through this crisis. So I've got about five other meetings coming up right now that have nothing to do with what we're talking about. But this is so important that I wanted to give you folks the time uh, to ask the questions. Any time. You'll find out that I am not a, not a bishop who wants to hide from the media. I we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 